0: Chapter One. First John, Chapter One, is where we're going to be today. Uh, for for those of you who've been in church for any period of time, this uh, passage is familiar to you. Uh, but uh, but want to preach it from a uh, um, kind of a different perspective, if you will, this morning. A lot of us uh, have read First John uh, One in particular, writes and read really the whole book, um, you know, as a focus on us, you know, walking with the Lord, talking about walking in light walking in the light, being in the light as God is uh, the light. Uh, and uh, we we read that first John one nine talking about personal confession to the Lord. Uh, but this passage in its context is actually right. Speaking to a community, speaking to a community, right? Uh, John, the apostle, uh, John, the beloved, as we know, who wrote you know uh, the gospel of John, right? He's writing this to a community of believers uh, in the first century time and encouraging them. Right. To obviously uh, equipping them, trying to equip them to walk in the Lord. Right. In light of all that's going on around them. But also he's encouraging uh, the body uh, to be the body, to be the body and grow right uh, in community with one another. Right. He uses this term fellowship, which we'll walk through here in a second, four different times in this passage. Right. Speaking to this call for us. Right. As church people to walk together, to grow Together, to walk in community with one another. How many of you know, right, that uh, we weren't called just to simply come, right, and be a spectator uh, in this Christian life, right? We weren't just called to come and be a spectator uh, in the community of believers. We're called to be active participants in that. And, and John the Apostle, right, gives us what that looks like here in 1 John chapter 1. And so if you're there, 1 John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. Uh, and read through verse 10. And so if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there uh, this morning. Uh, verses 1 and 2, John just gives light to uh, the reality of Jesus uh, being real. Now, there was some false teaching that was going on at this time that preached that Jesus uh, seemed to have a body, but he wasn't really, right, uh, fully uh, human, right? Uh, he assumed, you know, humanity at some point in time. And, and he really was kind of like an avatar, just kind of, you know, floating in existence. It wasn't really uh, real, uh, if you will. And so he's speaking to uh, that false teaching and, and giving testimony to the fact that, man, we saw this Jesus, man, we touched him, man, we spoke to him. Uh, and then he gets into uh, verse three here, says this, that which we have seen and heard from Christ, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him talking about God here, if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all Sin. How many of you are glad that the blood of Jesus, man, has cleansed us from all our sin and still able to cleanse those man, that are far from him and his blood can make even the foulest clean, brother Sam. I love that. His blood can still make the foulest clean. Let's keep going here. I got worked up, almost lost my place. Verse seven. Verse eight. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I entitled the message today simply this, the building blocks for genuine community, the building blocks for genuine community. Won't we pray together? Lord, we love you. God, we do ask over these next few moments that you'd speak to us, Lord. Uh, God, teach us the value of dwelling in community with one another Lord. as we walk through what it looks like. God, to grow in community. This passage in 1 John speaks to that, speaks to our fellowship with you, but also speaks to our fellowship with others, those that are within the household of faith and how we ought to walk in that, Lord. So God, I pray that you'd Teach us, encourage us to be folks that are active participants, Lord, in this Christian life with other believers. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Before we walk through the uh, building blocks for genuine uh, community, genuine fellowship, I want to walk through what that word fellowship means in the original language. That word fellowship is the word uh, koinonia, right? Which has a, you know, really a four-part definition to it, right? So we see this word, man, spoken about all throughout the New Testament pertaining to the life of the first century church and the life, uh, you know, for Christians in large and what it looks like for us to be in fellowship, right? To walk in community with one another. Uh, koinonia, it's a four-part definition, right? That we see take place uh, with that word. The first part of that is partnership we we see this word used throughout the new testament to speak to partnership in the context of it right it speaks to a business partnership which speaks to us being uh you know uh, strategic in nature right A business relationship that has defined goals specific contractual terms and a strategy and an intentional effort to uh, make a profit right and so in the context of the kingdom right the, the same truth applies Right. That this fellowship, man, is is a strategic effort, strategic effort. We are on mission strategically. And the reality is we've got to be on mission together. It's not enough just to gather once a week, man, and worship the Lord for a little bit, then go to the house. No, 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 no. We we need to be connected with one another. He called for us to be a steward on mission. And the reality is, hey. The call for us to be on mission, right in folks, eternity. Man, it's it's much more important, much more important than the economy, if you will. And so the call for us is to be strategic and see, man, our fellowship with one another as uh, strategic. Secondly, right, the second part uh, of uh, this uh, word, the definition is, man, it's participation. Participation. I love what Paul says in Philippians one verses three through five. Here's what it says. Says this. I thank my God and. All my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you. All in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. What is Paul saying there? And what is he communicating to us? What does that communicate to us? Hey, like I mentioned earlier, community, right, is, is not a spectator sport. It, we're called to be active participants in this. We see the life of the first century church, man. They were folks that were all in for each other, man. They ate together. They hung out together. They had deep conversations with one another. Their kids, man, did life together, right? They were actively in community with one another, man. It was active participation. And the same call is for us here. Listen, we're not just a sea of faces that are here. That give our time every once in a while and then leave. We're glad that you're here this morning. But but the, the call for the church is to be more than that. The call for us is to be active and pursue this common mission of winning folks to the Lord. The third definition that we see here with this word coronary is that of family. It's family. Right? Fellowship is a relationship with a common interest. And what's our interest? Man, what brings us together? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Like I've said before, we may look different. We may come from different places, but bless God, we have one thing in common. Jesus Christ. And that man, that brings us together. And so we are family and the call for us is to walk in family in this fellowship. C.S. Lewis one time said this, he says, we don't come to church to be a church. We come to Christ and then we are built up as a church. If we come to church just to be with one another, one another is all that we're going to get. Inevitably, our hearts will grow empty and then angry. If we put community first, we will destroy community. But if we come to Christ first and submit ourselves to him and draw life from him, that's when community gets traction. At the end of the day, hey, because we are family under one common bond, right? The call for us is to seek Christ first, and when we do that, man, we grow closer to one another. Listen, we're family. We're family. And then fourthly, and lastly, right? This is the most common use of this word in the New Testament, right? Is uh, generosity. Then, man, the first century church, man, all throughout the time, this word fellowship was used, man, to speak to sharing of material possession. Man, those that were in need right within the fellowship, within the family, man, other folks stepping up and, and blessing them with their resources. Right. It, it's sharing what they had. It's not being a hoarder of what they had. It was uh, choosing to share, it. choosing to share it. and understand that they're simply stewards of. Their stuff. And in the same way, right, that, that is our call, right? It, it, the, when we jumped into this fellowship, friends, right, our call was to say, hey, we're all in for one another. We're looking out for one another. Looking out for one another. I think of this, just the other, you know, a couple weekends ago, I ended up getting a, uh, a new car, right? And not simply because I, my other one was, was, you know, on, on, you know, at the end of the rope. I actually loved it, man. I, you know, had that car since I was in college. Loved that thing. Uh, Toyota Camry, the most basic car you can get, man. It got me point A to point B. But my sister, right, uh her car the transmission blew out on it. And so she needed to get a new one. Well, as you know, man, buying a used car right now, I mean, you, you can't find anything less than 10 grand, something that actually, you know, runs with. And so, you know, because she's family, right, I looked out for her. You know, I didn't give her my car. Like I said, I had a lot invested in it, Miss Paula. I didn't give it to her. I sold it to her, you know, for a good little deal. You know, I sold it to her for like a thousand dollars. Basically gave it to her. But I wanted her to have a little, you know, a uh, little skin in the game, if you will, you know, so you wouldn't mess wouldn't mess it up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and so but because she's family, I, I looked out for her generous in my response and giving. And in the same way, hey, as the church, man, that that, that is our call to look out for one another as needs arise man, us. Being willing to step in, man, and be generous, right? Being generous, right, with giving to build God's kingdom. Be, being generous to, to help and advance the mission, man. That, that's part of the reason why we give. Give to give hope. And so, with that definition, right, all encompassing definition of fellowship in mind, let's look through, right, First John chapter one, and highlight, right, the different building blocks too, right, genuine. Community that we ought to take away and apply to our life today. The first building block, right of genuine community, we see here is this man a passion to invite. A passion to invite. Go back to the to the text here. Make sure you know I'm not making it up. Look what he says. Look what John the apostle said. It said this that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Here's the thing, John was so fired up right about this life that he had in Christ, about this fact that he's a part of uh, this fellowship that comes through knowing Jesus, that he couldn't help but to share it, With those to whom he was writing about, right? Those to whom he's writing about are Christians, obviously, right? Now, let me go ahead and back up a second. We have fellowship with God through Christ, right? Through our surrendering our life to Jesus Christ, right? Those he's talking to are Christians. And so what he's speaking to is, man, encouraging them to jump in and join in this fellowship with him, this family, if you will. He was so fired up about where he was at now, he couldn't help but to invite He had a passion to invite, and that is the same call for us here today. What does that passion to invite look like? Number one, it looks like this, us choosing to invite folks to fellowship with Christ. Us choosing to be folks that invite others to fellowship with Christ. Sharing the gospel is what that means, right? Us being willing, man, to step out and invite folks to come, man, and taste and see that the Lord is good. And understand that reality. Here's the truth today. Bible says, man, those of us who are in Christ, right, are called the Ecclesia, which literally means the called out ones in the original language. Those that have been called out from death to life. They're the family of God. Now, the reality is the Ecclesia, right, is an exclusive club. Only those, man, that, that come to know Jesus, right, are, are able to be in that club. But here's the good thing. It's open to anybody and everybody that's willing to accept the invitation. I believe I'll say that one more time. Hey, though, the ecclesia, right, is exclusive. Only hey, only those that enter into a relationship with God through Christ are a part of. They're the ones that are part of that. Hey, the invitation, man, is open for any one to come. And so the call for us is to choose to respond in that way. Hey, the, the thought of us being right with God. Right. We shouldn't just be content with that. Hey, because we're taken care of and, and, and we're going to be in eternity one day with the Lord, right? Or, our, you know, us and our kids made that decision. Right. Doesn't mean that we should be settled with that. The call for us, man, is, is to choose to, to be passionate about inviting others to come to know him. Invite others. Right. As I mentioned, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, we should not be content with us just knowing Christ man. We ought to have a hunger and a fervor, man, for those out there who don't know him, man, to come and meet him. I love what Luke 14, 23 says. It says this, uh, you know, it's in the middle of the parable, right? The parable, uh, you know, of, of the wedding, uh, you know, where invitations were sent out. Folks, you know, ended up not coming. Right. And and then this is what Jesus said. All right. Oh, they, oh, they are going to come. All right. Here's here's what you ought to do within the midst of the parable. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Man, that ought to be our heart, man. Going out to the highways and the hedges, man, and compelling folks, man, to come to know Jesus, man. Compelling folks that that are in our sphere of influence, man, to come and know him. Compelling people, man, to experience this life that we've experienced knowing Jesus, man. Hey, here's the question. When's the last time you have told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time? Amen, Brother DeWayne. Come on. Amen. Hey, when's the last time you've told somebody about the Lord? When's the last time you've compelled somebody to know him? I'll read this and then we'll move on. I love this quote, you know, as I was studying this week from Dr. Daniel Aiken. Pertaining to first John one, he says this. John so loved the church to believe in community of faith in Jesus that he wanted to invite everyone to be a part. No one is to be excluded from this invitation. No one who comes by the way of Jesus. Will be denied entrance. In the moment, man, that one enters into this personal relationship with him man. The life, man, that we've experienced, man, they will now experience as well in him. And so the call for us is to invite folks to Jesus. When's the last time you shared with him? Right? It's an invitation, right? The fellowship of Christ. But secondly, it's an invitation to family. As I mentioned earlier, right, John is, is sharing this man, inviting them to come man, and be a part of uh, experiencing, you know, the dynamics of this fellowship and walking in community with each other. Man, he he, uh, spoke of, right, this reality of them, the folks that he was writing to, not being isolated in their Christian life. But jumping in and joining in, right, in this family that John and the others there were a part of. Sadly for many folks within the church, right, uh, their Christian life, right, is one of isolation. For whatever reason, whatever purpose, you know, they have chosen to try and and do this Christian life on their own. They are content with man, just knowing God. And that being it and them coasting into eternity, missing out on the fruit that comes with man doing life with other people. And for them, and maybe this is you in here, right? The Christian life has been more of a spectator sport. Are you going to heaven, man, knowing Jesus? Yeah. Is knowing God, man, a great thing? Yes, it is. But what happens is, man, when the Christian life becomes just a spectator sport, man, you miss out on the fruit of, man, growing with other believers. You miss out on the fruit of, you know, the beauty of being a part of a family. And so John is inviting folks, man, to jump into his family. I remember when I was in seminary um, in New Orleans, started my master's degree there. I had graduated college and went straight into, you know, my master's degree. Moved to New Orleans five hours away from where my undergrad was, eight hours away from home. And I get there, and Brother Cliff, it was, uh, it was tough starting out, man. I found myself because I was so broke at the time. I was, you know, broke in student I'm, I'm living in this dorm that's like 80 years old, you know, living in a dorm. First time since like my freshman year of college, didn't hardly know anybody. And the seminary context was totally different than what I came from before. man. I'm thinking I'm thinking, man, dang, I'm going to be walking around with a whole bunch of nerds, man. A whole bunch of nerd. No offense, you know, but. I'm thinking, man, they're just gonna to want to talk deep theology all day, man. And I just I'm not about that. also I'm coming here to get my degree. I know God's called me and all these things, but man, I and so it was tough for me to, you know, find friends. Find friends. I jumped in and, you know, they had some, you know, recreational stuff, you know, some intramurals that you could play, and I jumped on this team and our team was absolutely horrible. You know, flag football, we were bad, lost every game, you know, and so that didn't help any. Uh, And then I ended up getting connected with a couple of guys, and um, one of the guys in particular invited me, and these few other guys, to join him for breakfast. And we began doing that on routine, right, every Friday morning, and we ended up calling ourselves, ironically enough, the Breakfast Club. (laughs) Met met every single uh, Friday morning at uh, Betsy's Pancake House, you know, down near downtown New Orleans, and. You know, it was through that time, man, I was able to find people that I could be real with. It was through that time that I was able to find friends that I could cut up with and journey together with. And that time was so invaluable in my life. It it really helped shape and mold me. And the reason why it was invaluable is because, man, that was why we were created to live. Right, whenever we got saved, man, the call for us was to walk step in step with other believers. It was, the call for us was to walk in family together. And I was able to experience that in that season. And here's the truth today. Church, hey, you can experience that as well. Experience that as well. The church is not some club. Right, it's not some posse. Right, it's family. It's family, and the call for us is to walk in that. And we see that in the life of the first century church, man. Acts chapter four talks about that. Acts chapter two talks about that. First Peter one highlights that. First Peter four talks about it. You can look all throughout the New Testament. And the call for us, man, is to walk in family and look to invite folks. To jump in in that family. So for us in here, what, what does that mean for us? Those of us who've been here specifically at Tyler Town for a little while, man, it, it, it's your job. Man, to step out and invite somebody into your life. To walk in family with you. That person that's been here that's new. Which, by the way, most of us in here are new. Man, the call for us is. Man, to connect with one another and choose. Man, to invite them. and to be a part of our family. Walk in family with each other. And the call for us is to uh, invite. It's to invite. We ought to have a passion to invite. That's the first building block of genuine community. The second one here, we'll, we'll keep moving here. The second building block for community is this. Pursuing authenticity. Pursuing authenticity. After John talks about, right, uh, uh inviting folks to come and, and be active participants to be in fellowship with him. He speaks to this call now for us to uh, be authentic with how we choose to live our life. Look what he says. And this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, right? What sums up you know the gospel message and who God is this is what it says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Man, he shifts to talking about what it looks like to pursue being authentic and real and real walking in the light. Right. Is walking in the truth, walking in the truth. And being real, essentially, about how you choose to live your life. And so the call for us, right? Building block four, genuine community, is pursuing authenticity. That starts out, right, with first us, man, choosing to remember and have, man, the wonder of God. How many of you know that, man, we serve and follow the God of wonders? God of wonders. And because we serve the God of wonders, we should never, ever lose our wonder for him. John says, man, what I've come to understand is that God is light. He's light. That's, he's light. that speaks to transcendence. Right. The fact that, man, he's above all other. Isaiah 57, 15 says it this way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly. And revive the heart of the contrite. Right? It speaks to transcendence. The fact that God is above all of us. But also it speaks to uh, revelation. What does light do? Man, it reveals what's in the dark. It reveals. Right? And so it speaks to this fact that God, man, he is the great revealer. Man, he has been revealed throughout creation. But he's not in everything. But man, through everything that we see, we, we see and know that he is God. Right. He reveals himself right through uh, his people. But his creation Which, by the way, I'll throw this in for no charge, especially for teenagers in this room uh, today. Right. You, you can see the fingerprints of God in and on your life. You're not a mistake, not a mistake, not a mistake. And so, man, he reveals himself through creation. But also it speaks to man that he is absolute truth and understanding. He's absolute righteousness. That is the God that we serve. Yet in light of that, man, he made a way for us to have a relationship with him. And so, Pastor, or you say, Pastor, man, why are you saying all these things? Here's why I say all of them. Because the truth of the matter is, John, man, he had a high view of God, which led to him to have a high view of relationships and a high view of the church and community. The fact that he had a high view of God and he saw God as light as all these things led for him, man, to have a high view of the church and fellowship with other believers. And so here's the truth today. Many of us, perhaps in here, the reason why, man, we see church as a place, just a place where we frequent. Is because, man, we, we don't have an accurate view of who God is. Have an accurate view of God, and so so what first has to change is to see God for who He really is, high and lifted up as light. What has to change is, man, we, we've got to come back to our wonder, having that wonder for who God is and what He has done in our life. Listen, we've got to choose, man, to have this wonder of God. But then, secondly, as we see here, we've got We've got to choose to walk in honesty. John says, man, God is light in him. And then there's no darkness. And then he says, man, for those of you that say that you have fellowship with God, yet you walk in the darkness. Man, you're a liar. That Man, hey, that, that'll really hit hard for you. That's, t- that's a tough word right there. Who's you say that? No, God, man. And you walk in, th- in darkness, man, you, you're lying. You're not walking with God. I walking with God. Obviously, in the context of this, he, he's not saying right that those of us who, who know God and sin, we, we don't truly know him. Right. He's, he's speaking to this thought of man, those of us who say that that we are walking with God, have fellowship with him, have communion with him, saying that we're spending time with him every single day. Yet our life didn't change and we're not walking right in the light, walking in the truth, then, then, then we're, we're not. Truly being real with ourselves. And so the call for us is to walk in honesty. Um, I remember in uh, fifth grade, you know, in, in grade school, I had two bad years. Fifth grade and eighth grade. And fifth grade was probably the worst. I man, I got in trouble all the time, all the time. Detentions all the time, I know. Uh, and uh, my parents, I, I might have said it before, you know, but those of you who are new, man, my parents, you know, they're from, uh, you know, East Africa, Uganda, right, came here, and man, discipline, they didn't play around whenever it came to discipline. There, there wasn't any kind of, oh Irv, you know, we're, you know, oh, it's okay, man, you know, we, we we you're just a kid, man, you'll figure it out. No. From a little kid, they let me know real quick, hey Irv, you're not doing that no more. And so they let me know real quick, you know, hey, we're bringing out that belt. Man, I got whoopings all the time, especially, you know, like I said, fifth grade. I got I got spanking all the time, man. It was horrible. But I remember the times when I'd get, you know, detentions and, uh <clears throat> you know, I, I, and it never failed. Chris, it never failed. I'd get a detention right end of the week. Man, I'd head home, have to walk home. And of course, it's cloudy outside, dreary. Right. Which, you know, spoke to my mood at that time. Like, man, getting ready to get whipped again. And I'd get home. And my thing was, I, I would try and, and, you know, cover it up if you will. My dad didn't get home till later on in the evening. So I was like, man, if I can just hide my folder someplace, you know, f- figure it out, you know, plug it up, find it somewhere. Then I'll, I'll, I'll be good. Be good. He won't find out. He won't find out. So he'd come, you know, and I tried you know, put on a smile, you know, look like everything's good. Everything's, you know, taken care of. But as we know, man, he, hey, he always found out. Hey, the truth always came out. I always came out because I needed to get that detention slip signed or else they were going to call my parents anyway. And it ended up being worse. And so I end up, man, sharing the truth, the truth coming uh, to life. It didn't matter if I hit it or not. Man, the truth was going to come out. The truth was going to come. out. And in the same way. Friends, for us in here, the, the reality is, man, the truth is going to come out in our life. The truth's going to come out. Man, it, it, if you say, man, that you. All things are great in your life, right? That, that you know you you you've got this, you've got it all taken care of, man. Life is good for you. When in reality it's not, man. The truth is is going to come out, and so the call for us, man, is to just be honest with ourselves. Understand, man, that that we've got some issues and we've got some struggles, and choose to be real before God and others with it. Many of us are real good at. At putting on a mask, man, at, at putting on, you know, a, a disguise, if you will. When, but when in reality, man, all that does, right, is just perhaps conceal something for just a little while. And then after a while, it comes to light. And so, man, the call for us is to not be authentic or not be inauthentic, but rather choose to be Real man, understand, man, that there are issues in your life, man, and and choose to walk in the light. Be honest with yourself. And choose to have it taken care of. Here here it is. I'll put it this way. You're not going to grow. In the Christian, in your Christian life. If you choose to continue to come and, and live a life, man, with a mask on, not addressing the stuff that is wrong in your life. The issues that are in your life. Instead of trying to conceal it, man. Hey, choose to take care of it. Choose to take care of it. I love what Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says. It's on the screen here. It says this, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. He who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. What does that mean for us, man? Walking in the light, man, it means us choosing to be real with ourselves. Maybe you're in here and you're and man, you've got the guys of man, everything in your family and, and in your marriage is great and good. But the reality is, you know, that things are things are rough. Man, choose to be honest about it. That's the first step. And that and, and getting things right there. Maybe you're in here and, and, you you know, you put put the guys on and the mask on that things are great and good. You, you know, you got to you feel like in and around your kids and those that you work with. But in reality, you're really struggling with some internal battles or some stuff in your life. Hey, the first step is being honest and real. About it. And then choosing to take it to. The Lord. And that being real, right, it's not just being real before God about it. It's being real with one another. about it. And we've got to choose to walk in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, honesty, walk in honesty, which leads to the third and final uh, point here. Right. The building block of community uh, is this personal uh, confession, personal confession. Right. John mentions that here with that verse in, in, in verse nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. That is uh, confession to the Lord, but also it's confession to one another. And you may say, oh, Pastor, Irv, man, listen, I, I ain't one of those dudes, man, that, that get or one of those ladies that gets real about that stuff. Man, I, I, I want to take care of it, you know, on my own, you know, f- figure it out on my own. if you're that person that wants to walk in that way, can, can I just be honest with you? You're going to continue to live a life of bondage to whatever it is that you're choosing to conceal and look to take care of on your own. There's freedom that comes with choosing, man, to confess what we've got going on in our life. Confession to the Lord there. Right. That word confession in the original language, it's actually two Greek words combined. Homos, which uh, speaks to same. Right. It's that means same. And then uh, Lego, which means to uh, uh, agree with, to speak. And so it's this reality of essentially agreeing with God. On the fact that what you may be struggling with or that sin issue is truly sin. That's what confession is. It's not just you know saying kumbaya. Oh God, please you know help me. No, no, no. It's it's agreeing with God to the fact that it is sin, and choosing to take it to Him and being honest and forthright with Him. And that's what we are called to do. It's it's about getting real and honest with God and asking Him to forgive, like David did in Psalm fifty-one, verses one and two. Right, whenever he. Man, messed around with Bathsheba and ended up killing Bathsheba's husband, right? Uh, And he tried to conceal it for a little while and then got confronted. Remember that? Samuel the prophet confronted him in 2 Samuel, I believe, 2 Samuel 12 or 13. And this is what he says, this psalm here, man, speaks to what confession looks like. says this, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgression." Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We must choose, man, to confess our sin, man, and our struggles to the Lord. Here's the truth of the matter today. Some of us, right, we aren't able to walk in fellowship with others because we're choosing to walk in unconfessed and unrepentant sin. In order to get our fellowship with others correct, man, we got to get our fellowship with God right first. And so the call for us, man, is to confess our sin. And then, right, it's confession to the Lord, but also then it's confession to one another, right? And this is where the community, the fellowship part comes in. It speaks to this reality of us getting real with each other. What John is saying is, hey, if you confess your sins, man, if you're honest and real, not just to God and to others, man, the Lord works in that. Obviously, he's going to forgive you of your sin, restore that fellowship, man, between you and God, but also, man, he's going to restore that fellowship between you. And others that are within the body. And us choosing to be real and honest with our stuff, right? I mean, that, that that calls for us to be people that are vulnerable. And real. And honest. Here's a question today. Do you have people in your life like that? Are there people here within the church that are that to you? I heard it phrased this way, right? In terms of having... Man, these kind of friends within the body, right? I've heard it said like this. Who's a person, right? You know, male, male, female, female. Who's a person when when all life is falling apart and you can't sleep, that you you can call at 2 a.m. to share your load with, to be honest with? Do you have a person like that in your life? Man, bless God, the church. Man, I'll be full of folks that are willing to be like that. And the call for us is to be that confession to one another. Galatians six verses one and two speaks to this uh, idea, right? It, it says this brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, any struggle, any issue, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And then verse two, keep watch on your or end of verse one. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted and then bear one another's burdens. And in doing so, hey, listen, we fulfill the law of Christ. That's part of, man, the body. Bearing each other's burdens. Getting real and honest before God and before others. And taking a load of our stuff. Not Hey, not just being a spectator, but being an active, an active participant. Bearing one another's burdens. And then, hey, James 5.16 speaks directly to it says this, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It's been said like this before. Hey, what we choose to continue to conceal and cover. Man, God uncovers. But what we choose to uncover, God covers. There's freedom that comes with us choosing to be real with our stuff. Obviously to God, but also to other people. And that's what John is trying to highlight here. And us choosing to be real. Who who are those people in our life? Listen, man, there ought to be great joy in understanding that we, we don't have to walk through what we're walking through by ourselves. Man, we could do it together. And so let's choose to be those folks that do Choose to be folks that participate in active uh, personal confession. And so with that being said, just, just some takeaway thoughts this morning and then and then we'll be through today, man. What what's the big so what here? Right, of these building blocks of genuine community. they they're on the screen there, right? The first takeaway, right, is for us to man, have an accurate view of God and see Him as holy. See Him as holy. The right view of God helps us to have a right view of the church and community. The right view of God helps us to shape and have the right view of church and community. Secondly is, along that same line, choosing to Walk in holiness. Choosing to walk in holiness. Man, the call for us is to walk in the light. Right? To walk in the truth. Man, the call for us is 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 to be all in, man. And, and here's the thing. Choosing to walk in holiness together. Challenging one another. Sharpening each other. Man, to continue to grow in the Lord. And choosing to walk in holiness. And then thirdly and lastly, right, and, and how we're able to do some of this stuff we see here is choosing to have a heart of Humility. Church, it it, it takes you and I. Choosing to humble ourselves before God and others to allow folks to enter into our life. And and to be real with them. It, It takes humility. To allow folks to bear our burdens and to share our stuff. But as John articulates here, there is great joy that comes when we elect to do that. Hey, there's great joy that comes when we elect to, to see church as more than just a place we frequent every now and then, but rather see it as a family of folks, man, that are doing life together, sharpening one another, encouraging one another. Spurring one another on to good deeds. And so if we want to grow in community, that starts with us choosing to be folks, man, that humble ourselves. And allow folks to enter into our life. The building blocks for genuine community. As the band makes their way up this morning, I'll close with this. Community naturally for me is uh, is difficult. I love people, but I don't love people. I, well, i say it this way. I love people from a distance. I struggle with letting folks in. Maybe you can relate to that. By nature, I'm a fairly closed person. A lot, a lot of it has to do with growing up different. You know, I family from a different country. Not really fitting in. And so my fear was, man, loving folks. Or, you know, my thought was loving folks from a difference would keep me from experiencing the fear of rejection, of loss, of, of being hurt, you know, of all those different things. But the reality is, we weren't designed to live that way. The Christian life wasn't designed to be lived that way. The Christian life was designed, right, for, for us, man, to be connected to one another. To love one another. To be there for each other. To challenge one another, man, and and to share our stuff together. And, And so, as I close today, just understand that the joy and the beauty of community is that you don't have to deal with the stuff that you got by yourself us here as a family right we are that bless god we got growing to do but but we're going to grow in that way we're going to grow in that way and so the question is are are you going to choose to be an active participant in are you going to choose to be an active participant in growing in community alongside so with that being said heads bowed and eyes closed Those of you who are new with us, this is our time of response. Give us an opportunity to, to get real before God and work through what we've got going on. Maybe you're in here and, and you know you've just been a spectator. You're saved, man, you're going to heaven when you die, but Man, church to you is just a, a transactional thing. Come, get a little word, get a little worship, and then go to the house. When God is meant for it to be in a community of believers who are active in participation, and maybe your response is, ask the Lord what that looks like in your life. Maybe it's plugging into a family group. Maybe it's connecting with that person that's right next to you. Maybe it's starting up that conversation with that person that you know has been coming here got to put on your heart but you hadn't connected with you maybe it's inviting that family to lunch I don't know what it may be but maybe that's your response today maybe you're in here and the truth of the matter is you've got a whole bunch of stuff you're dealing with and uh, you've gotten so good at putting on the mask that uh, man you don't think that there's truly anything wrong and what John says is a person who thinks that they don't have any sin and they're liar for not walking in sin and he calls that person a liar. Verse 10. And maybe the reason why you haven't been able to plug in the genuine fellowship with other believers is because there's stuff that you, you've got to take care of before God. And maybe that's your response today is to get real before you. Maybe you're in here and, and you just need to bear your burdens and confess to another brother or sister in the faith and ask for them to pray for you. I don't know where you are today, but I'm going to pray for us. And as I pray, listen, you do business with God. I'm going to say amen. We're going to stand and sing. And listen, you you continue to respond as the Lord leads this morning. You respond. As we look to grow in community. Again. Come on, we pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you uh, for the fellowship, Lord, that we can have. uh, God, in you. God, oh, what a fellowship. Oh, what a joy divine. I pray that you continue to teach us to lean in on uh God, your everlasting arms, Lord. And in doing so, Lord, help us to be folks that, God, choose to take community seriously. God, I I don't want for our church context to, to be one that is filled with folks that just see church as as a transaction God help us all to be active participants Lord in community with one another help us to take the first step in having a conversation with that person that that's new that we hadn't met before help us to take the first step in inviting that person that is a part of our family group over for, for dinner or a play date or Whatever that looks like, God, help us to take the first step in, jumping into, Got a family group, or whatever that looks like. God, help us to be intentional. God, in doing life with one another, doing life together. Knowing that, uh, Lord, there's great joy when we choose to do so. I pray for those in here that may be struggling with stuff. Lord, I pray that they get real for you. Lord, they take off the mask. With hiding Lord and they choose to get real before you and other believers, Lord, and find some help We're growing with you. God, we ask that you'd bless this time. And we ask these things all in your graces and heavenly name. Amen. And amen. Why don't we stand together?